Welcome to Founders Focus, a podcast made for founders by founders. I'm Scott Case, CEO and co-founder of Upside, and I created Founders Focus to help share free resources and actionable advice. Together, we're building a community for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and founders to come together to tackle today's challenges. This podcast is powered by my awesome team at Upside. Please visit foundersfocus.com to join the live video sessions or to catch up on past topics. Our special Founders Focus session where we're going to be focusing on PPP forgiveness and why it's so important for companies to understand what can be forgiven, that you don't have to get it all forgiven, but you really ought to you know, think about what's possible and make sure that you really understand uh, there's been a myriad of rules that have been changing. And so we're going to dive in. Um, we are recording this session, so we will be putting it up on YouTube and, and podcasts and all kinds of other places. Um, we do want you to participate. Please use the chat feature in Zoom. It's on the bottom uh, and we will pick up your questions along the way uh, or we'll do a speed round at the end. Uh, today's uh, Founders Focus session is uh, brought to you by Upside Financial, hence the t-shirt from me. Um, Upside created uh, a new product uh, last year when the PPP loan process and the forgiveness process became clear it was going to be very difficult for a lot of small businesses to figure out what to do and, and sole proprietors. Um, and so we've, we built something that is focused entirely on uh, helping you figure out the forgiveness process. And uh, so with that in mind, I do want to start with a question. So please uh, open up the chat at the bottom of your screen, at the bottom of Zoom. And uh, it's, a, it's a very simple question. A yes or no is fine. But uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, your name, the, uh, the company that you're with, and, um, and maybe your role if you're an owner or a sole proprietor, and then um, how you plan to handle your PPP forgiveness. I'm going to do it by myself or I'm going to get help. So we want to get an understanding of where people's heads are at. And it's okay if like, I don't know. So we'll give you three options. I'm going to take care of it myself and I'm here to learn. I'm going to hire somebody or engage somebody else to help me do it, or um, I'm not even sure yet. So each of those is, is options. And uh, please do post in the chat and we'll look forward to it. Um, if you, uh, if you want to pose in the chat, you'll see some options, panelists, attendees, um, you probably want to, you can do it to either us as panelists, or you can share it with everybody in the group. It's totally up to you. Um, so please do fill that out and, uh, and we'll use that a little bit later in the conversation. I am absolutely delighted to be joined by our special co-host today, Hannah Smolinski. Hannah is the founder and CEO of Clara CFO Group. And uh, she is a PPP expert. When we say, are you confused by PPP? And we say, we're not. We actually mean Hannah's not. Um, I'm definitely constantly confused by it. Luckily, Upside Financial is a whole team of people, including Hannah, that are experts. Um, so you've got a real expert here to ask any questions you have about it. Um, Hannah, in addition to running her own business, is, um, is a senior advisor to Upside Financial and has been working with us um, for about six or seven months, more or less since forgiveness became a thing. Um, and we've been really delighted to have her on the team. And with that, uh, Hannah, why don't I turn it over to you to give a little introduction about you and, and uh, the CFO group, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. You can hear me, right? My microphone's all good. Okay. Um, yeah. Excited to be here today. Um, Scott introduced me pretty well, but um, yes, I own my own 
business, Clara CFO Group, which is a, basically a virtual CFO firm. We help clients all over the country with um, financial strategy. So when financial strategy became a thing, PPP definitely came into the realm of what we were helping clients um, with and what we were advising on. And that has developed into kind of becoming a expert on PPP just through helping lots of clients and then um, developing a YouTube channel kind of focused on helping people through this process. Because what we were realizing is that a lot of people just didn't have the help and support that they needed. And so that's kind of where, um, where YouTube came into play. And then that's how we got connected with Upside Financials. So super excited today to talk about PPP forgiveness and kind of give you guys updates also on some kind of new things that we might need to talk about and update on. And yeah, just looking forward to having the conversation. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, everybody, for answering. And for those who haven't answered yet, uh, please, again, post in the chat, uh, introduce yourself and whether or not you're going to handle loan forgiveness on your own, you're going to look for some help or you're not sure yet. Um, with that, we have a lot of people uh, who uh, at Founders Focus in general who took advantage of getting a PPP loan either in the first round, or the second round or both. And um, obviously a big part of making sure that we make it through this pandemic is saying solvent, right? Not running out of capital. Right now, if you've gotten a PPP loan, um, you're, you're now in a place where you're either going to carry that debt forward and have to service it. Um, talk a little bit about sort of what the impact of, of some of those choices are and, and, um, and sort of how forgiveness plays into a strategy for a small business owners or, or young uh, startup companies. Yeah. So, I mean, the PPP program is essentially giving business owners a loan. When they apply for it, it's giving them a loan, but they have this kind of once in a lifetime opportunity to get a loan forgiven if you spend the money on the right things. Um, we are seeing people who are, you know, either being intimidated by the forgiveness process and just saying, you know, I'm not even going to try to deal with it because I can't figure out the rules. I don't know if I spent my money on the right things. And like, I'm just going to pay it back because it's a 1% interest loan. Um, so, you know, they're essentially just going to be carrying a loan for the amount um, and not applying for forgiveness. So um, the downside of that is obviously you've got a loan on your balance sheet that you're going to have to pay back <laughs> where you probably, if you kind of can put forth a little bit of effort or get some help on it, you can probably get some of some or all of that loan forgiven. So we want to try to um, kind of push people towards at least seeking forgiveness where we can, because I mean, this is the difference between paying back thousands of dollars or getting it just wiped clean from your balance sheet. Cause remember we will talk about tax implications a little bit later, but this is not taxable income to a, a small business. So, you know, the, the, what we're trying to encourage most business owners to pursue is like getting full forgiveness because there really shouldn't be too many that the SBA has built in lots of different caveats and um, safe harbors and exemptions and um, things that when you know the rules, you can kind of use some strategy to hopefully achieve full forgiveness on this loan. So that's what we're, we're hoping to see for people so that people don't you know, leave this money sitting on their balance sheet or even partially on their balance sheet um, because that's just future cash flow you're not going to have to run your business. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's also impacts whether you, if you need another loan in the future, that's going to show what your debt load is. Mm -hmm. um, so there's other factors that you may not be considering if, um, if things play out for your business. 
So we've asked people about where they are and their forgiveness. A bunch of folks um, are planning to do things on their own. Um, some have filed for forgiveness and gotten their first loan forgiven and now working on their next one. Um, what happens if you never bother to apply, right? So you got a loan, you don't do anything with forgiveness, you just let it go. <laughs> Um, what happens in that situation? If you get the loan and you just have it sitting there and you never apply for forgiveness, but you actually have a lot of time to apply for forgiveness. So just remember, you still can, um, you, it, it will kick into payments, um, where it, depending on when you got your loan, if you got it, um, before, I think it was June 5th, 2020, you had a two year term. <laughs> so now we're kind of coming up on like that first year of after those initial loans were, were put out. Um, but if you got it after June 5th, it is a five-year term loan. So especially, and then if you got a PBP2 loan, if you got a second draw, um, it's a five-year term loan. Uh, so it's a 1% interest rate and you have to pay it back. Now, that's actually a very short period of time for a business loan, um, especially if you got hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're trying to pay it back in two years, those payments are gonna be extremely hefty. Um, just, you know, take, take just your loan number and divide it by 24 and you're going to see just, you know, slightly clo close to what your payments are going to be. That doesn't include interest, but, um, you know, this could be a really big, um, a really big burden on a small business owner. If these payments start kicking in before you've applied for forgiveness or, um, or if you just are not pursuing forgiveness at all, it could still be a very hefty burden to try to pay this back just from a cash flow perspective. And to, to be clear, if if you got the loan on, let's say May first of of last year, and we're coming up on May first of this year, like you said, that was a one year anniversary, and, and it's a two year loan. Does that mean I I I'm already halfway through my term, so I've got one more year to pay this off? Yeah, it's um they they've done some deferment, um so you don't have to actually so your payments don't start kicking in until you have a determination from the SBA on your forgiveness or 10 months after the end of your covered period. So that has pushed out the timing of the payments, but it has not pushed out or changed the fundamental term of your promissory note. <laughs> right. So, so that's a big like, deal. So yeah, to your point, really if you... Deal. If you haven't gotten forgiveness and you haven't made any payments and you wait a year, you've got 12 months to pay down that debt. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Right? So we, we, we're starting to see, um, and those are going to look like really big hefty chunks of money that are going to need to, um, that are going to need to be paid. So I don't know about you, but I don't really just have, you know, tons of extra thousands of dollars sitting around to pay debt payments that I'm hoping to get forgiven. So, um, it's, it's definitely a big thing and we need to be aware of that timeline. But 10 months is very gracious. From the end of your covered period, you have 10 months to apply for forgiveness. That's a lot of time. But what we are seeing is some people who initially got their loans, their timeline might have been eight weeks. And now we're definely running into that, right. um, that 10 week time period or that 10 month time period. So we've about more last year, Lots of CPAs and other financial advisors and even some banks were saying, oh, wait, wait to file forgiveness. You know, you got plenty of time. How, you know, how long should forgiveness wait? I mean, to your point, you're accumulating this. If you don't file for forgiveness and get it all forgiven, you're going to owe whatever the balance is on it. We'll come to that in a moment. 
And if you wait and you, you cross that, that grace period of deferral, now you're on the hook. You're going to end up having to pay down that loan. So I'm curious, like, why are some CPAs saying hold off? Is there any reason to hold off at this point? Or is it just get it done already? Yeah, there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of CPAs and financial um, professionals saying wait and don't apply for forgiveness yet. Just wait and see, wait and see. But um, I've I've given kind of I haven't given that advice in a blanket way because if we all wait and see, that's going to put some people in a detrimental timeline. And then there's other people that if you were to look at all of your documentation, you have everything in line to get 100% forgiveness. So why would you wait? You're not waiting for rules to change. There's been so much fluctuation in the program that um, some of the early adopters have actually been the ones who um, you know, may have not been able to take full benefit of the program. So there has been some push to say, hey, wait. But now we know basically all that we need to know of about forgiveness and there's not really any reason to wait unless you were to look through your paperwork and you know you can't achieve full forgiveness but you're kind of hoping that something else will change you could wait but we're kind of at a place now where we don't think that the SBA is going to be changing a lot in the actual forgiveness rules um, the only rule we're kind of looking at right now is potentially extending out the timeline of when we can apply for loans. There's not a whole lot being said about changing the way that loans are forgiven right now. So let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. I think that there's people who have assumed that none of their loan can be forgiven, that, hey, I don't have to do anything. It's all going to get forgiven through magic. Um, there's some kind of a blanket waiver where if my loan is under a certain amount, I don't have to do anything. Um, <clears throat> And then there's partial forgiveness where, hey, if I use my loan in certain ways, I could get it. There's all kinds of stipulations there. Could you just talk a little bit about um, you know, some of those facts, like actually everybody has to file a form? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. there's no automatic forgiveness. And I think that has been, um, there, there was a lot of chatter last year that there might be something called blanket forgiveness. That has never come into play. There has, there's no such thing as blanket forgiveness for anybody. So I just want to put that out as fact. <laughs> that is a thing. Um, now, the truth is, is that everybody will need to apply for forgiveness in order to achieve forgiveness. And you will apply with forgiveness for the, with the same bank that gave you the loan. So if you went to Bank of America to get your loan, you're going to go to Bank of America to apply for forgiveness. You can't go straight to the SBA to do this. Um, so when you go to apply for forgiveness, it depends on how big your loan is to, you know, which application form you'll use. And also if you qualify for certain safe harbors. So if you have a loan under 150,000, that's kind of the easiest forgiveness application, if you will, you don't necessarily have to provide the bank, all of the detailed documentation, but you still have to have it and have done your calculations correctly in order to fill out the application. So you basically have to, no matter what size loan you have, you still have to pull together your documentation and either just keep it for your own records or the bank will ask for it, depending on the size of your loan. So if you're over 150, you'll definitely have to give your bank all that documentation. If you're under 150, you don't have to give it at the time of forgiveness application, but the SBA has 
up to, I think, six years in some cases to come back and review your documentation if you get audited. So can you give an example where, you know, you go through the process and, um, you know, you've de determined that the, that the owner used the, the funds in a way that they're going to have a balance and they're going to need to pay some portion of us. So partial forgiveness and, and how important it is to make sure that you understand that you can get partial forgiveness. You don't have to get the whole loan forgiven. Yeah. Do you mean like, um, what it looks like if you get, you know, maybe 80% of the loan forgiven. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you apply and you've done all your due diligence and you believe like, Hey, no, I really just can't get this last little portion forgiven. Um, what will happen is the SBA will come back and they will fund your loan up to that 80% mark that was determined and any accrued interest associated with that 80%. So what you're left over with is, you know, that same, the, the loan remaining is still at the same nature of whatever your loan was originally given. So was it a two-year loan or was it a five-year loan? It's still at 1% interest. The terms are all still the same, just the, the size of the loan has shrunk. So you have accrued interest plus whatever that, you know, the 20% of the principal that wasn't forgiven will now become your loan, you know, essentially. Got it. We had a question on the fly here around mm -hmm. applying for forgiveness. So um, the SBA forms are out there. There's, mm -hmm. I can't remember if there's three or four of them anymore. Three. There's three. <laughs> and so you have to pick the right form. Once you pick the right form, you still have to file the information with your, with your lender, right? With your bank or wherever you did. And some lenders haven't opened their, their portals yet. Some have opened them and said, you've got this window of time to fill them out. Is there anything that, um, you know, is there any way around that? Or do you have to go back to the lender that issued the loan to get your forgiveness? You really have to go through them, right? Yeah, you have to go through them. There are some people who are getting a little bit nervous because their timeline is coming up and where their 10 month window is starting to close and their lenders have been, um, a lot of them have closed their doors to forgiveness because they've been processing new PPP applications. Um, so many of them have said, you know, we'll open up after March 31st. So in, in that case, you know, you do need to just wait until your bank says it's time. Um, but what I would say is now is a great time to be accumulating your documentation because you don't want to get into a situation where the bank is open and then maybe you only have a couple of days to pull everything together before you, you know, hit up that timeline. We know what the bank is going to ask for because we have the SBA forms. They're all called 3508 something, 3508S, 3508EZ, or just 3508. We can go, you can Google it right now, <laughs> Google it right now, and you'll be able to pull up the form and then it'll start to tell you, you know, what you need to pull together. Now, those can get pretty complicated. So we, you know, have lots of resources to help people figure out exactly what they need for their business, because sometimes those forms mention things that you don't have and you don't have to pull together. Or, you know, maybe you just want to use payroll costs and you don't want to include all these other non-payroll costs. So um, definitely working with somebody to kind of help you prioritize those things and streamline it would make a lot of sense and save a lot of time. <laughs> so a couple of questions um, uh, coming up here. For PPP2 forgiveness, are the forms the same or are we expecting to see changes there at this point? 
I'm sure we'll get another updated draft of forgiveness forms because we've had some changes to, for example, the way that sole proprietors can calculate their loan amounts. So we'll definitely see some updates, but if you were to go and pull them right now, um, they're not going to do a different form for PPP one forgiveness and PPP two forgiveness. So if you, or when I say PPP one and PPP two, um, what I'm really meaning is first draw or second draw. When you look at the forgiveness applications, there's actually a checkbox up at the top that says, are you applying for forgiveness for your first draw or your second draw? And you can, you know, look, look at that and check the box. So um, <clears throat> it's, they're, they're not fundamentally different rules for forgiveness. They're fundamentally Got the it. same. So one of the things that you talked about was timelines and the, the window to apply for forgiveness is tied to basically 10 months from the end of your covered period. Mm -hmm. So you know, one of the questions we had was, is there a deadline? Yes, there is a deadline. And it is tied specifically to when you got your loan and how, whether you used eight or 24 weeks of coverage plus another 10 mm -hmm. months on top of that. So we can talk a little bit about calculations there, but you do have a specific deadline that's tied to your loan, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which brings me to, one of the big challenges as of, uh, you know, end of last week, there were, uh, there were 2.9 million businesses had not filed for forgiveness yet. So there's 3 million businesses that have not filed for forgiveness. And the uh, probably about half of those are going to uh, be in a place where they start to come due, let's say in mid August and rolling through the end of the year. So if you just think about that volume, you don't want to be stuck in line behind all of that. So not just about getting the debt off your balance sheet, but we've also going to collide with tax season because a lot of our CPAs are going to be busy getting taxes done, not just now, but a lot of businesses file for extensions and end up filing their taxes in the fall. So, you know, if you typically file your extension with your taxes, you're your loan forgiveness is going to be on a collision course. And there are some tax implications, not just on the timing. Um, can you talk a little bit about like how all of this affects businesses as we go to file our 2020 taxes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the There's been a lot of talk about this tax implications and some of this stimulus with our 2020 taxes. So um, if you were able to achieve forgiveness in 2020, um, you, the, the forgivable amount of the loan is not taxable. So that is a really good point to know. And then if you spent money in 2020 on eligible expenses, those expenses are deductible. So essentially, um, you know, you do need to tell your CPA that you got a PPP loan because the way that it looks when it comes into your, your, on your PL or when it comes into your, your bank account, like back in 2020, um, it looks like a loan, but if you got it forgiven, you're actually supposed to make it like gain on extinguishment of debt, which is a super nerdy uh, financial accounting <laughs> um, thing, but it's essentially other income for small businesses. So if you see that on your PL and your CPA does not know, <laughs> that you got a PPP loan, they're going to assume it's income and tax you for it. And so you need to make sure that there's communication with your CPA about 
um, about the PPP loan because it's not taxable income and it should not be treated as such. However, some, I mean, CPAs right now are so overloaded because we just had, we, we already had some tax reform for this past year. We had the employee retention credits, which are keeping CPAs very busy. And then we had additional, um, we just had the American Rescue Act passed, which is another huge tax reform. So we've got CPAs very, very, very busy right now trying to just unravel tax reform. And then we're laying, layering PPP on top of it. So if you're looking for help in this, we, we are definitely needing like, um, your, your CPAs need some time here. So we've got, we've got that piece of just like actually getting it done. And then the tax implications of PPP. Um, also, if you're using your 2020 numbers, let's say you're a sole proprietor, if you're using your 2020 numbers to apply for a PPP loan, and um, you don't necessarily have to have it filed to apply for it, but you do have to have it filed to apply for forgiveness. So we've got lots of kind of things up in the air and things to think about here. So one of the things that you, you highlight, and every time I get to talk to you, I'm, I'm reminded about how even for CPAs, this is not like a normal course of business thing. This is, this is all new. And so one of the things I, I would tell everybody who's listening to this is if you, if you have a great CPA that you really like, talk to them about how many of these forgiveness applications they're processing, because there are a lot of nuances and the banks and the lenders, they don't have the time or capacity to give a lot of advice. So mm -hmm. you're kind of on your own. And I, I've talked to a few owners where they've applied, they've gotten forgiveness, they've gotten rejected. They sort of get some kind of weird answer. They don't know what it means. So when you look, when you talk about like getting expertise, um, you know, what experts are available to small business owners and, and how, how do you sort of know that they know what they're doing? Um, good question. <laughs> The, it's been interesting because I have this YouTube channel that's been focused on this, right? And um, I have bankers watching my channel. I have CPAs watching my channel. I have bookkeepers watching my channel. I have all of these financial professionals, um, payroll providers watching the channel because they are not getting the information they need to be able to serve their clients. So I, I would just say, just because somebody's a CPA or a bookkeeper does not necessarily mean that they are keeping up to date with everything that's going on. And this is, this is a serious focus. Now, I personally don't keep up to date with every single tax rule that changes because I'm not doing taxes. However, I'm helping people through PPP and we're working with Upside Financial to make the product as best as we can. So we're keeping up on PPP. So I do think that it makes sense to, to say, you know, have you done this before? Have you worked with somebody who's gone through PPP forgiveness and not just one time? Because <laughs> I think the more you're doing this, the more you see, oh, like this is a safe harbor that I'm seeing lots of people be able to apply to their business. And I know exactly what documentation would make them qualify. So it makes it easier to look at the next case and say, yes, you qualify or no, you don't. But if you're not doing this, like, or it's few and far between and every single business is in a totally different situation, it's harder to know all those caveats and rules and exemptions and all those things that, I mean, honestly can just save tons of time if you know them. You know, um, I've, I had, I've worked with clients that 
have, you know, whole teams working on this internally. And then they come in and hire me. And then in one meeting, I'll be like, you know, that you qualify for safe Harbor, right? (laughs) And then they're all like, oh, we wish we'd not spent weeks trying to figure out all this detail because that safe Harbor just gives us like gives us back weeks of time, you know, just, you know, one conversation that's informed can, can make all the difference. Well, there's a, like most things, there's a bit of specialization that's gone on here and there just aren't that many specialists. Um, we, we did get a question that's kind of related to that, you know, our audience, one of our audience members, um, had a CPA and they, they left out, uh, the health health insurance as one of the covered expenses, and, um, and so it was a miss and yes. health insurance can be a big chunk of a business's Huge. expenses that were used. It could be 25, 30%, uh, depending on the size of the business. So that there's a big gap there. And, you know, the question was, uh, can you amend, like, can you go back and, and, and reapply for forgiveness and make it? And if we don't know the answer, we'll come back and, and find it out. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that that was either like, qualifying for the loan or getting it forgiven. No, they, 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 they have filed for forgiveness and forgot to include their health insurance as a, as a covered uh, cost. So can they go back and amend their forgiveness application? Um, as far as we know right now, I don't believe so. Um, there's not really a process for amending forgiveness. Um, doesn't mean that there won't be one. Um, I, I haven't seen anybody go back and amend it. You can always talk to the bank and ask um, what you there. They do have kind of some internal processes, but typically amending things, um, certainly not if it was in the application process. So if they did not include it during the application process and they forgot that health insurance, you're kind of out of luck. Right. I mean, unfortunately, um, when it comes to forgiveness, I would ask the bank, um, but there's no guarantees that you would be able to get in. And you would also be deprioritized, like heavily deprioritized from, you know, the, the new applications that are being, you know, processed through. I, I'd say that's the thing you don't want to be <laughs> right now with the, with the level of volume that they're processing through. You don't want to be put in the side channel that may be gotten to at some point in time when it comes to sure. these things, you know, um, so ho- hopefully, but no guarantees there. Awesome. I want to take a few more, uh, a few more questions that came in. Um, the, the second PPP loan application uh, loan process um, had a lot more documentation tied to it up front. Does that mean that the documentation on the forgiveness side is going to be different or is it that those two things are more aligned now and it's going to make it a lot easier on the back end? Yeah, so applying for the second draft, what you had to include that you didn't have to before was proof that you had a revenue decline in any one quarter between 2020 and 2019. So that usually for most of us looked like financial statements, you know, financial statement with a comparative report on revenue. Um, That if you've submitted that at time of application, then you really just go through the documentation process the same um, for forgiveness. But for loans under 150,000, you didn't have to give that proof when you first applied for the loan for a second draw but you will have to provide it at time of forgiveness. So that's, again, one of those things. It's like, you need to know the number, but they don't ask the forgiveness. They don't ask for the documentation until it comes to actual forgiveness application. 
Got it. And one of the things that I noticed in, in some of our, uh, the upside financial customer base is uh, that oftentimes just collecting the documentation, understanding what you need is like 95% of the work. The yeah. challenge is, is that even just trying to figure out how to fill out the form and when you have all the documentation is, is a big lift. And we've seen pretty consistently people come thinking that they were going to get, you know, uh, I don't think I can get more than 80% mm -hmm. um, of my loan forgiven. And then our team looks at it and says, no, actually you can get like 92%. Um, what has your experience been kind of, you talked about one example where somebody hired you and you asked a few simple questions and they could have saved themselves a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Is that a common occurrence? Is that less common? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately very common um, because I think the, the rules have gotten so complicated that if you're not really in it every day, you don't know the pinpointed questions to ask. It's almost like, you know, those decision tree charts, you, um, people who kind of don't know where to start, they will start down here at the bottom and then be trying to work their way back up through the decision tree. When really, if you have like pointed questions from the very beginning, you can get to a more tailored answer faster. Um, and this is, I mean, that definitely what I'm seeing across the board. Like I had a, I had a call with a potential client a couple um, months ago and they said, oh yeah, we got our PPP loan forgiven. It was like, you know, we got 90% forgiven. We were really happy with that. And I was like, oh, I, I to me, I'm happy with hundred percent forgiveness. <laughs> like that's my goal with everybody. So I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what it was that you didn't get hundred percent forgiven for. Cause everything in my head was thinking there's no reason why this person shouldn't get forgiven it, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, well, we had somebody leave for maternity leave and we had somebody leave on their own and we had somebody leave because, you know, they had to be fired because of disciplinary actions or things like that. And in my head, I'm just going exemption, exemption, exemption. All these things are things that like, had we been working together, had, had they, you know, had the right information, they could have easily achieved full forgiveness. So it was, it was just, you know, what do you not know about this program is kind of the biggest, the biggest black hole, I think for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we found um, on our end is we have, I think 90, more than 90% of the applications that we've processed, we've been able to get to hundred percent forgiveness on them. And, and the ones that, that we can't are typically because they, they, you know, use the, the owners use the funds kind of in a, in a grossly out of whack kind of way. Like I didn't right. pay any payroll with them. I only used it to pay rent, right. Or right. things that are like that. And, and so those, those are there, but the number of people that, as you pointed out, and, and we've seen it in the chat, you know, the number of folks that, that think that they're not going to be able to get anything forgiven or that they're only going to get a portion of it when there's still a lot of room in there. If you really understand the rules is a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm curious, I'll, I'll, we'll round this session out um, uh, with a question for you, which is what's the, what's the number one takeaway? If you're thinking about getting forgiveness, we've had some folks whose covered periods ended in 626 and they're, they're, that means that they're coming up against 10 months in like six, eight weeks timeframe. What's your advice to, to, uh, to be thinking about getting the maximum forgiveness they can get? Yeah. I mean, I would say don't go at it alone. I think 
this is too much potential risk of, you know, leaving money on the table if you don't get the help that you need. So if this is not something that it's in your wheelhouse and your expertise, or you don't have somebody like already on your team, seek out an expert to help because just like we said, those little bits of information can mean the difference between, you know, 50% forgiveness or hundred percent forgiveness. And I think you want to find somebody who can have your back through this process and also take away some of that burden because this is this has taken up a lot of mental energy for a lot of small business owners. And then the weight of it, you know, sitting on your balance sheet and then just thinking, oh, that's one more thing on my to-do list that I have to figure out. I mean, th this is so worth getting the help to get this taken off your plate and get it done and hopefully maximize forgiveness with, you know, the people who are doing it all the time. So absolutely worth every second. <laughs> so one of the things, obviously, as uh, we, we, we created Upside Financial as a product in order to help people, and we, we made it a fixed price. So it's literally $499 end to end for anybody to be able to not only you know, put all the documentation in one place using our, our application, but we have what we call advisor pros who are experts. They meet with Everybody who goes through the process, you actually get a human being to talk to about what's going on. And then it's backed up by uh, CPAs like Hannah and others that are um, that really know the ins and outs. So when there's any kind of a small detailed question, we can cover off on it. And uh, you can contact us anytime and we're, we're tracking everything. As Hannah said, we're, we're in the business of being experts in this area. And so um, I'd encourage everybody to at least check out UpsideFinancial.com. Um, you can create a free account. You can poke around in the application and um, we'd be delighted to help you. Uh, we had some questions about uh, Hannah. We've, we'll, we'll post uh, in, the, if you haven't looked at the chat, the Hannah's YouTube channel is there if you'd like to follow um, or become a member. Um, LinkedIn, you can obviously hit us up at, at UpsideFinancial.com as well. And uh, like I said, our product is a fixed fee. I think if you go to Hannah's channel, you'll also see uh, some opportunities from Hannah with Upside Financial as well. Um, so that was awesome. Any parting words, Hannah, for, for us before we go? And um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think just stay stay up to date on what's going on um, there. If, if even if you maybe had looked at forgiveness a couple months ago, there's now new expenses that you can be including that maybe you weren't able to include before with the passage of the Consolidated um, Appropriations Act, which was in December. Um, you know, I think I think it's just stay up to date on you know what's going on. We've got if you haven't if you got a first loan and you still wanted to get a second loan. We might potentially see an extension to PPP until May. So if you're still looking for a second draw loan and you didn't get it the first time around. Um, one thing that confuses a lot of people is if you have to have applied for forgiveness before getting your second round of PPP and you don't have to. So that's good. You just have to have spent all the money. So that's something to think about as people are looking and potentially looking at an a extension to the program. So Lots still with PPP. We're going to be talking about it for quite a while, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've got your back. And I think that's kind of the important part um, and what, why I'm happy to partner with Upside Financial, because it's I think I think it's just a great product and something that can really help a lot of small businesses. So we're just we're excited to help you guys. 
Awesome. Well, Hannah, as always, thank you very much for uh, spending time with us and, and dropping your knowledge on all of us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Founders Focus. What did you think? You got any feedback for us? Got a topic that you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe a future co-host? We'd love to hear from you. Just hit me up on LinkedIn at T. Scott Case and uh, join us at foundersfocus.com to stay up to date with the latest episodes and join us live every week at our Founders Focus sessions. Hope to see you there.